Hi guys, welcome to this episode of the Trainer Feed. Uh, on this episode, we're going to talk about a couple of topics, including my engagement, uh, gym closures or upcoming gym closures, special populations, unstable surface training, and loaded carries, and core function. How are you guys doing, Angel? You all right? Chilling? You hungry? <laughs> yeah, I'm starving. Jacques keeps eating. So we went over this in the last episode where I'm trying to do my little get some weight on me. So I am eating more whole food, uh, whole meals or whole food meals, meals with whole foods, uh, not whole foods to store. I'm not eating whole foods, but I am. <laughs> He's just sitting foods. outside whole foods and always doing is eating everything yeah, from yeah, the. Also, you know, Angel's got a Angel's got some news, right? Yeah, Yo, we got engaged. Man. Congratulations! Ooh. Thanks, 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 thanks. Are you Wait, able? Proposed? Did she propose or you proposed? <laughs> That's it's a good 2020. Question. Who knows? Right. That was a good question, but I proposed. She get on one knee? Yep. Can you, for our listeners, can you tell us about, we were expecting you want to keep it private, but would you be able to tell us how no. you did it or, no, we won't take offense to it, but. <laughs> no, he's like, fuck. No, I'm not, I want to hear it too. No, I just, I think every, everyone's got their own way of doing it. And every time I hear someone how they did it, it's always a very, and for someone like myself who will be doing it at some point in the future, it's always good to hear how everyone else is doing it. Not me. I'm single. You will be soon, David. Don't oh, worry. yeah. Shit. No, but um, how was it? It Where was you good. Go? Did you guys go next door to uh, Red Lobster? <laughs> yeah, I wish. No, we went to uh, uh, the Palisade area. We went to, um, what do you want to call it? The Cloisters. So we went to the Cloisters overlooking the Palisades and stuff like that. Um, and uh, we had the weekend kind of like planned just to chill. So organized it, said we're gonna go up here, went there, then did the thing and that was it. Hell yeah. It was the, was the you know, sun setting, you know, it was the, the wind Not, nice and calm and uh so that that's the thing. I think that people glorify it a little bit too much <laughs> and maybe I'm that guy to just point out the flaws in almost anything, but um, you know, it was actually very windy. Um and the break almost flew away. Kinda chilly. So <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I was kind of waiting for that moment where like the clouds part and the sun's, you know, points in a certain direction and all that stuff. And Ooh. I was like, this shit ain't happening. So I just did it. Yeah. And it was fun. It was good. She was surprised. You know, family's nice. excited. She, nev- she didn't sense it at all. Nah, because I mean, we spoke about it months ago. Um, and even like, you know, years ago at this point, right. It was our six year anniversary on Sunday. So that's kind of what triggered uh, the whole thing. Um, but I knew I wanted to get it done in 2020 and I kind of wanted to, I mean, obviously before 2020 became what 2020 is. Yeah. Um, but then I also, I think with COVID everything is kind of like, no, I don't think anyone would expect it. I mean, you know, it goes both ways. I feel like some people used COVID. I don't know. Like, I feel like some people said, you know, because COVID has like a lot of negative connotations, they need something to kind of lighten it up. And they used it as that. Um, and then I also think the other way around, like some people have COVID just like pushing them away from like hitting certain goals, whatever it may be. Um, right. And they push it back rightfully so. And, you know, I just stuck to it, said I'm going to do it, you know, had everything aside. So I just did it and that was it. Can I relay a funny story on piggybacking off that? So you proposed I, to Alfie. No, 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 no. Well, I <laughs> probably a better chance of him saying yes. Um, when I, sp- I spoke to Alex on Monday, I think on Monday is when you post on Facebook, right? 
And I was yeah. like, oh, guess who else got engaged? I said, Angel Sandra. And then Alex has this way of whatever someone else is engaged. Wait, always- before, before you say anything else, remember this is on air. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. I know what I'm saying. She always, she, she, she just, she has a moment of kind of, oh, when are we going to engage kind of thing, right? And then we went into this little discussion of, I, I was very honest. I said, I really want to do this summer, but I think COVID, anyway, long story short, I felt that COVID got in the way of what I wanted to do. She sussed out what I wanted to do for proposal. And she was like, no, no way. So long and short of it is she kind of guessed what I was going to do. And I'm glad we had the conversation. She guessed what we were going to do because she would have probably hated it. So there's, there was that. There was a silver lining there where she guessed it. So I now have a better idea as to what I should do. And uh, But if you guys ever seen the you're gonna do the You're going to do that shit at the, the hockey game, right? At the Islanders. So that was one. That was oh, my joke. God. I was, gonna, no. I was go- going did. to be, yeah, she was like, if you do that, I will say no. And I may never see what She wouldn't say no. She wouldn't say no. I had hope not, but I'm probably not going to play the chance. But it was, have you ever seen a flash mob? When one person yeah. dances and everyone dances, and a you're client get, suggested it's a client, get David see, and I to start David, dancing around in the but park. I thought, and a client of mine suggested it, and we spoke about it. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, This is amazing, she loves dancing, all her friends will be able to be there. She won't, it won't, if you do it in a public place, they can't suspect it because it's in a public place. Then they all just start dancing. I was like, This is a congenious idea. And then she, the other day, she's like, Depend on me, a flash mob. Yeah, it sounds, just, that sounds like a crazy idea, to be honest. Yeah, like, better so, not be a flash mob. You're like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> it was a very weird, humbling, and embarrassing <laughs> scenario. If it, it's so so long and short of it is, I will not be doing that. But um, no, I think I think uh, when yeah. you when you actually start to plan it, and when you're actually like sitting there with you know the ring or whatever you'll start to understand that the more people you have uh, as like being a part of that plan, the harder it's actually going to be because you have to orchestrate everything and you have to direct everything. And then you also have to actually drop down on one knee and not forget the ring and all that stuff. Right. So yeah, um, I think it's, you know, you could do whatever you want. Everybody I'm sure does whatever they want, but I think um, it just comes down to you and her and your relationship right? Not right. about like necessarily what you think she likes or what necessarily you think you like, right? Those are two extremes, right? Like you took the theater and said flash mob and then you took hockey and you were like, you know, let's do it in the, in the ring, right? Like instead of that, those two things Just that you like, something that's, something that's representative of your relationship together. Um, mm. Or just whatever, like a nice time, nice place. And that's I it. I think I might as put it in a taco and be like here you go here's a taco to my life i, I don't know i'll, I'll yeah, figure it out don't but ever it, fucking do that it was just funny that have you ever had an idea where you thought it was just such so foolproof or it was just so good and there's just no way the person can be disappointed and then to hear the person say no fucking chance <laughs> it's such a, a humbling thing and it's not happened to me it's not like it's the first time it's happened to me but whenever it does it's yeah, yeah. so but yeah, no, you got to give that. Alfie the ring and make him like run to you. She she explicitly said, "Don't let him be there because he will." He's such an attention whore. He he uh, he gets in the way of a lot of stuff. So, but Yo, Alex, it's COVID. 
relax. <laughs> Sooner or right. later, Josh's gonna be like, "Fuck it, it's not happening." Bye. Nah, it's uh, but but she all the reason why I asked you if she was surprised, Angel, was because Alex mentioned that it's been five years. It's it won't be as it's not that it won't be a surprise, but it was not as it wouldn't take her as surprised if it was just after one year of dating. So, which was a which was a very fair point. So, but that's that's about it. It'll it'll happen, and and we. I mean, we talk about future plans and whatever, so it's not, it's not, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not running away, you know, or <laughs> me and Alfie on the run. This is the last episode with Jack. <laughs> Jack yeah. is moving. He's going to run. We will Jack's not be knowing his whereabouts. <laughs> yeah, so. Oh, okay. But, um, but yeah, David, you're good. Yeah, man. Chilling. Good. Waiting not for good. the pending closure of gyms. It's looking likely, isn't it? that's gonna fucking suck you know there was yeah. a study done i don't know maybe you guys sent it or someone sent it to me the study done in, in boston or i think in massachusetts by by a couple of training facilities i mean of course it's, it's probably a little biased but they were talking about at i think since july till now there has been over over a million check-ins of people in, in gyms i don't know if it, i don't know what kind of gyms or, or where but and they said that out of those over, however, I think it was like 1,800,000, something like that, only 45 reported cases out of all of them, which means that the infection rate or, or whatever was super fucking, it was like 0. 0.000 something, something, right? Mm. No, wait, I think, yeah, it was there. And they were saying how um, they're trying to like plead with the governor or something, say, hey, just why don't you look at the gyms and see how... Yeah. How safe some of them are. But I want, to, but, but looking at it too, commercial gyms and warehouse gyms, I think it's so different when it comes to trying to maintain it, right? I mean, with those warehouse gyms, you have so much ventilation, so many huge windows you can just keep open. You can mm-hmm. do all this stuff. You have so much space. So um, there's a there's an article that came out yesterday on CNN with um, the Virginia gym. Yeah, and she had a member who was pretty well. Uh, versed in that area of science and the respiratory system and they just monitored it in the sense that everyone would be more not so much six but 10 feet apart because if you're breathing heavier yeah think of that and pretty much what you just said with if you can have if it's a warehouse styled gym where you have maybe five doors per side assuming it's like a square rectangular size gym facility and depending how cold it was, you would uh, the uh, so you did read it, David. Yeah, it was saying yeah. how this, the, the 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 instructor apparently maybe you know risked it for like fifty people, right? Like fifty mm-hmm. people were exposed to this one person that had it. Yeah, and none of them came back positive. But if know. it were if they got cold and they had to close the doors inside of the gym, they, they all agreed masks. to wear masks. But yeah. they and ultimately that is a reason why. The Equinox Sports Club, uh, given the opportunity, I'll walk out, out, out there on the track because, yeah. I mean, while I don't like wearing the mask, I understand it's it's to help the prevention of the spread. I will say something that's a little aggravating is a couple of people will have the mask below their nose and you're in a room full of 10 people that have it covered over their mouth and nose. Why are you any different? And when the numbers are spiking, what the fuck are you thinking? Dude, there was Come a, on. somebody I saw not, you know, wearing the mask right below their nose and they were on the treadmill 
and then I'm going up. I said, Hey, you know, do you mind putting the mask up over your nose? He's like, I can't hear you. <laughs> it's like, I can't hear you. I'm like, wow, that's a good one. He's like, I yeah. hear you. So I said, okay, put it over the fucking nose. Come on. Like we're not children here. We're not, it's not, and no one's forcing you to go to the gym. No one's forcing you to go to the gym. If you don't, if you don't like the rules of putting the mask over your face, which and I've heard this story as well, where someone doesn't want to go for that reason. That is totally fine. No one's got anything against you. We're not saying it's a wrong opinion or whatever, but don't come to the gym then. That's the rule. Those are the rules. Along with being hygienic. What, why are you any fucking hygienic. different? Hygi- what to say? Hygienic? <laughs> hygienic? Whatever. Everyone gets the fucking point. It's, you know, and if you go outside... <laughs> That's fine, and yeah. honestly, on the track, uh, the the sports club, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, the wind is pretty strong. Sorry, yeah. so you feel the flow is pretty good, but um, I don't it, know. I don't know. I, I'm seeing, I won't even, I won't even get into it. But I'm seeing people that kept bringing up the whole you post about this, David, on Instagram about the guy who goes to the MAGA rallies and he will ask him questions. Oh, Jordan. What? Klepper. Kepler. So he, Jordan Kepler. He's amazing. He is awesome. I love watching his interviews when he'll say the best one was, why are you celebrating? You're like four, like four years too late. The two, and like, so the no, two no, people, no. He won this one. The two people had like decked out in MAGA. And then Jordan's like, so what are you guys doing here today? He's like, we are here to celebrate Donald Trump winning. And then he says, oh, we're two, four years too late. <laughs> They're like, what? <laughs> it's, it's so stupid. But yeah, man, those are some, you know, those oh, are some shit. people there. I don't know. But hopefully the gyms won't close. Oh, you know, dear. we need to make money. Yeah, for real. All right, let's go into our topics today. So, <laughs> yeah. 20 minutes uh, in. Yeah, we're going to roll into the topic. So let's talk about um, first special population training. All right. Do you guys, uh, w- first, what is special shop, uh, special population training? Um, or what is a special population? You guys want to shed some light on that? Um, oh, I think it could be, you know, training people of a certain age, you know, usually over 50 training people with certain medical, uh, issues, you know, maybe, maybe you have a group of people that are diabetic and you're only training them. Maybe you have a group of people that, you know, uh, don't have a, a limb, like for an extreme example. And, you, you know, that's that's a special population, um, things like that, you know. Yeah. Do you guys have any experience uh, training with special populations? I've just uh, trained old, older people, like uh, yeah. people in their late 70s. I trained one, one or two people that were in their 80s. And that was just, a, I mean, the only challenge there is, especially with some of them, you know, making them understand there are certain things they can't do anymore, mm-hmm. you know, and then you have to, you have to really modify a lot of things. You know, some of them really can't squat all the way down without assistance. Some of them can't, you know, react as quick as they once could. Some of them forget how to usually pick something up off the ground correctly. And with gravity, once you're, once you're older, you know, your discs tend to like compress. So with age, you know, all the axial forces into your spine, um, you know, you can lose balance. That's why you see some people that are in their late eighties and nineties really, really hunched over just because they're trying to find their center of mass. So mm-hmm. it's just, you know, learning how to train around that and hopefully teaching them how to use their body again. 
Yeah, and I think it's important when it comes to uh, when you're starting to learn how to become a personal trainer or things that you want to focus on. I think everybody needs to know how to work with older folks. Um, and if everybody can also take some time to focus on special populations, that could be like a really good way of getting your feet wet and grounded um, in the club or established in like the gym that you're in. Um because we know that a lot of our clientele are predominantly over 50. Um, and then a section of that is over 65, over 70. Um, and that's something that you just want to focus on because also people age differently. And I think we all see that. Um, so you can look at two 50 year old people and they can be remarkably different in terms of their level of athleticism uh, level of body understanding, movement understanding, uh, coachability. I don't even know if that's a word, but I'm just calling it what it is because some people you can coach really easy and then you'll run into a wall with other people who you can say, move your left foot and they're moving their right arm or they're, you know, stay static or stay right where you are. And they're just like moving, you know, just shaking, moving around. So uh, you start to see a little bit of differences between each and every person. But I think that working with special populations is some, I think it's rewarding. I mean, I've worked with a couple of older people, you guys know that, uh, and they can be probably the most challenging, but also the most, um, engaging clients that you'll have, right? Like they'll give you feedback. You'll learn a lot. It'll be more about learning who they are and then like how they move kind of synergistically. <laughs> Jacques, Jacques is laughing. I think Jacques is just like <laughs> having flashbacks thinking of all the older people that I've trained or all the special populations that, is, that he's seen me with. I'm to be clear, listeners, I'm not laughing at welcome to special population because I work with a handful that, that does myself. There's mm -hmm. just a couple of particular individuals that Angel also had the pleasure of working with that were some of the more colorful characters in New York City that I'm just Getting flashbacks now, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry, I just got flashbacks, no, and I can help myself. They were no, just it's too good. Funny. <laughs> no, it is good because, like, that's the a lot other of them thing don't too. like loud noise. Yeah, that is true. Some of them didn't like loud noise. Some of them didn't like, you know, the way people looked or whatever. But oh you know, my it is, god, <laughs> it is what it is. I think that once you start working, once you start working with somebody in a certain like age group or understanding special population, I think that that becomes. Um, a way to train them right because you understand what ticks them off or why they are the way that they are and then you say let's remove all of this so we can focus on training or let's uh, take you in a different environment so we can focus on training um and you learn a lot you learn a lot it takes some time and it takes a little bit of studying but i think that it's well worth it so anybody who's trying to grow their self professionally i think that it can always be beneficial to work with a special population group i think also it also depending on you know business wise a lot of them are the more consistent people mm -hmm. you know because with better already, schedules too yeah a lot of them are already established a lot of them are probably retired some of them have money to play with and they want to train you know so it's good to from a business standpoint to uh set yourself into that area of expertise I also did want to piggyback off that and say that when it came to some of the clients I work with and uh, sometimes, like you said, Angel, remembering which limb to use can be part of the challenges. That being said, that it enhances your qualities in queuing 
uh, capabilities as a coach. If you, and especially if we've been training virtually as we have during the pandemic, um, that has been a really hard skill, but one I feel a lot more comfortable in doing now, you know, if I say suggest, suggest using the left arm and the right leg for a movement and then just breaking it down so that it's layman's terms for anyone who hears that. And some, some people will respond better to certain cues and being able to understand that. But I, I agree with what you both said in terms of the business, as you mentioned, David, where they sometimes when you're building your business, finding the clients that train between 9 a.m. and 5 for 4 p.m. are some of the harder clients to find for a number of reasons. One being there might not be as many or another one. Another one I felt was when they – Whenever I got the um, the response to not training, the rejection being I don't have the time or have the money, I felt with some of the population it wasn't they didn't have the money when they use that excuse, is they didn't think that I was worth the money. So I, when you see everyone who lives on the Upper West Side, you have an idea as to where they live, you have an idea as to how much it is to how much it costs to live there, so on and so forth. LinkedIn will show you the client is a senior vice president or something, so you know money is not an issue, right? But it's just they didn't think I was worth the investment. No, I'm being honest. I will. I will frequently look at who when I get a lead. I look at who it is. Just that so, creep. No, I, it helps me get a better understanding of who the client is. It helps me understand who, like how they tick. My client, my older client, is an actress. I played dumb that when I met her. I was like, oh, what do you do for a living? It also helped establish the fact that I just wanted to know the client for who they were, not for who they were outside of the gym. Yeah. And that's why I think I like to build that genuine rapport. That being said. Once I got to understand how you just how genuine or transparent you're with training with someone, that that's how I've I'm a non-aggressive style of training to build my business. I'm not the sort of style where you gotta train me five times a week. If you ask me, I'll tell you what it, it is. Be, what's up? Yeah, get it, get it, get it. If you train it, I'll. If you want to train me once a month, I'll be honest and say, well, what are you trying to do? Are you you just want to come in to work out? There's nothing wrong, right or wrong. What do you want to do? Whatever you want to do is fine. That's cool. Everyone's got their own goals. There's no right or wrong. That, and then as you mentioned, Angel, in terms of what it teaches you, it, it's so easy to train someone in their 20s who has no injuries, who has no mobility issues. You can program them pretty much anything. Now, fast forward to a client that has limitations or has injuries or exercises you can't do. I have acquired a new client recently where we can't do any lower body movements. He can't be on his feet. How do you do? How do you design that? Wait, why can't he be on his feet? Is he on a? In a so he's phone? had some nerve issues, and it roots all the way up through his lumbar spine, and his foot will go numb. Ever extended standing, so extended wow. period of standing. So when I inherited this client, I was thinking, not being cocky, but I was thinking, oh, there's got to be some ways. Even doing an inverted row on the TRX is too much pressure on his feet. So to me, I'm thinking of trying to be creative in other ways of doing vertical pulling. Okay, he's, he's 70, just turned 72. He's, in, he's, he's looking great for 72. So unassisted pull-ups or perhaps later on, we do assisted ones. But if I try and be creative, I'll try and modify the program. Again, you want them to feel they're getting a bit more of a different, excuse me, a different feel every day they come in. But that was too much pressure for his foot. And it's just, you think, and here's the thing. Sometimes it's mental because if we do a leg press, he feels fine. But if I have to do a goblet squat, it's too much. But you're doing the same pattern. You're just doing, do you know what I mean? So, but that's, that's where it's, 
it's gaining the experience of how to train people in the special population because it's not easy. And then you'd be wrong to say every single male over 60 responds or needs this kind of training. And the same with, say, a female. It's, it's so particular per client. So I just wanted to piggyback off of your points. Yeah, I wanted to, I mean, there's a couple of things that I could touch up on there, but I'll just kind of summarize it in another sense that uh, it's very important to do the assessment uh, because even when you're working with special population or general population or whatever, like I think that the assessment is crucial um, because sometimes you might not know what that limitation actually is until you actually sit there in front of the person and you go through certain movement patterns or you just walk around the gym with them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or wherever you're at, outdoors, whatever. Uh, and then you'll start to realize it's, it goes a lot deeper than what you thought it was on paper, right? So for example, uh, Jacques' you know, client, you start to see, okay, this standing in this position is not something that we could do long-term. So now instead of that, I have to find something else, right? And then that takes you away that that changes the workout session and it changes like where you're going to be at right you might not have been on the right floor or the right side of the gym because now you got to go over to the machines as opposed to like the freeway area so that can take away from the member experience and the client um, experience and it does become important to understand that stuff beforehand because not only for like if you're making a sale like if you want to sell personal training that's one thing but also just getting to know how that person moves, how that person's going to react. It's also an emotional experience. And I find more with special populations, sometimes it's difficult for them to reach out to trainers because um, sometimes they already have a preconceived notion as to what a trainer is going to be. And um, when they start to feel uncomfortable, that gets them back to the feeling of, oh God, why did I sign up? Or why did I try this free session out? Um, Which I think a lot of, people that I come in contact with uh, are surprised by because when I talk to them and when I do the fitness assessment, I'm like, no, we're going to check this out. We're going to do this. They're kind of like taken aback because they just thought I was just going to put them through the ringer on day one. It's like, why would I do that? Right. It just doesn't make sense. Um, Unless I was just, I guess, I mean, you know, I'm not saying. I had a a client was that was the same way. It's like, first session they're like oh i thought you were gonna have me puke i said why would i want to make you throw up she's like well i went to a class once and they pushed us really hard i had to throw up i just thought that that's how you know you're supposed to work out hard i said no typically if you want to throw up that means something's off (laughs) you know you don't want to i'm not gonna make you fucking throw up like it's gonna make you it's kind of like you always ask you say who's gonna clean that up yeah i was gonna not you (laughs) right right and you don't want to you don't want to use the throw up as a positive reinforcement after a workout or mm. measure of how hard you work you know right? because the amount of sweat you have the you throwing up how sore you are typically isn't like the best indicator of whether or not you had a good workout mm. no it's it's like i'm not I'm, i want you to feel good the, the next day so you can come back yeah basically yeah i agree anyway uh, let's focus, uh, let's change focus towards our next topic, which is balance training, um, or stability training. So what do you guys, do you guys have some experience there? I know I have with a couple of clients, but, um, I have I don't plenty know. of experience, you know, visually I, I, you know, and it, okay. Elaborate. My, my view, my view on it. And I, you guys know my view on it, but I personally think if, you want to train somebody 
and when it comes, there are two ways to do it or to look at it. A lot of studies that have, or a lot of trainers and a lot of people that try to study the whole instability training from what I've, I've read and, and what I've seen, they're trying to take it from a setting of PT and trying to enforce it, I think, in the setting of general population that we train a lot. Does that make, does that make sense? It's like, why am I going to have you do things on a BOSU ball or an Eric's pad if you're a healthy individual? Whereas, you know, a lot of the studies that have been shown to improve knee stuff or ankle stuff was shown in a study of individuals that were injured. You know, does that, does that make sense? And, and also it's like, if I want to get you stronger and I want you to get, get you going, you know, you're not going to be on a cushy pad all the time when you're doing stuff, especially if you want to get, you know, squat more, or if you want to be more athletic, whatever that means, right? If you have a sport that you want to do. Like if you have a sport that requires, for example, let's say ice skating, you know, I'm not going to have you be on an Eric's pad and a BOSU ball while we're training. So I can get you stronger. Like if you want to train that stability, you go and ice skate. You know, it's, it's like what Mike Boyle would say for, with kids. It's like, if you're going to train a kid to be good at a sport, have them do the sport, like go play the sport. And then we'll come back here and we'll work on your, you know, strength, let's say. Right. I, I don't think, you know, I don't think it's a, I don't think it has a big carryover. Does, you know, I hope that makes sense. Yeah. So I was going to ask, so maybe we can just also like, just uh, talk about what we're talking about. So unstable surface training, meaning like changing that base of support. So instead of, or having the base of support be unstable, I guess that's what so we're really so trying to say, as opposed to changing your base of support, which is like, if I stand on one leg, I change my base legs, of support, but yeah, we're not talking leg, yeah. about that, but we're talking about, the actual surface being so training on an Eric's pad training on one of those balance boards training on the bosu ball you know squatting on a physio ball with a bar on your back that i've seen in the past i think that's what we mean by unstable surface training yeah so i agree with if you're wanting to improve how you perform in a sport i feel the strongest way to improve is to practice it i strongly believe and there's always that, I remember at a forum a number of years, I brought that up. Oh, if Serena Williams can snatch more weight, does it improve her serve? And it created a lot of stir, right? Where, oh, it's not, you can't, it's not transferable, or this and that. And Saquon Barkley can clean 405 pounds. Does it mean he's a better running back? I don't think, I think you have arguments with both sides always. Mm-hmm. Where, I'm trying to think of, I don't know if you guys watched anything of the Seahawks and the Cardinals last night. So no, past my bedtime. <laughs> it starts at eight, but yeah. Um, bedtime. <laughs> Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson are both quarterbacks under six feet, which is very, very rare in this day and age. But those guys, I wouldn't necessarily say are some of the strongest, but are just absolute freaks of nature. They're just animals. Now, would would you compare some of the players who clean or squat a certain weight to be better and they're stronger? But another example is, I don't know if you guys remember Odell Beckham's cousin who I believe used to reside in Queens was like crazy strong. He would press and squat loads of weight. He never got picked up by a team. He got scouted. At, we went to a combine or, or some kind of training day. Never got scouted. We'll look at his cousin who is a lot lean, a lot skinnier, but as rapid fast has got nasty hands. I don't know how strong he is in comparison to him. So I think that one, it be, whether it's being transferable, then two, does it make you any better at your sport? Is always uh, the questions. And 
I feel unstable. I do. The one thing I would like to say about that is whether it's unstable, when you change your base of support, I believe you may, I may have mentioned in a previous episode where when sometimes the first assuming progression with some people is increase the weight. Well, no, let's just alter your base of support. And that might, that might only slightly be on the verge of unstable training. But I think sometimes it's a great way, given, given how appropriate it is with the client can be a great way to explore with, but I, I, I'm not saying, Hey, you did a four, you did four by 10 back squats next week. You're doing the same way on a BOSU ball. I don't think that's the first progression for that no. pattern. And, and look, I, it's I, interesting. Go on. Yeah, I was just, no, I was just going to say, just be careful because, uh, the unstable surface training and then what uh, the change of base of support are two different things. Yeah, right? yeah, going yeah, back to right. it, it's like the surface unilateral. is still solid, right? It's, exactly, you're lifting a leg up. Yeah, Same, so right? you can make the argument, for example, you can make the argument that, well, no, not really, because uh, you would just play the sport. I was gonna say, like, you could say that working, for example, for football, you would work outdoors in like a turf, but that doesn't make sense because you're not gonna goblet squat somebody on the football field, right? Like, you're gonna run on the football field, which is probably unstable more unstable than a hardwood floor right so you can make mm -hmm. the argument doing sprints on a turf that could be you know transferable or something like that but uh you know when it comes to like bosus and airx pads maybe david i don't right think in. you're constantly trying to maintain your balance on a turf right? yeah you're not i mean you're just you're using it just to propel yourself forward but you're not stabilizing on it yeah. right maybe you could use it for uh but then that goes back into training for that sport like uh let's say a uh, wide receiver right trying to get two two feet in right that has to do with like balance stability base of support you're on turf but then that goes that's not necessarily in the gym that's like training to be in bounds or training to keep yourself in bounds and make uh you're make playing the, the sport and, like you're right you're then you're practicing the it you're doing it you know rather mm -hmm. than me you know, making a fake line, fake sideline on the gym and saying, all right, jump and make sure your two feet stay inside. You know, it's not, I'm not, that's not what we're doing. And yeah. then also, in addition to that, when I spoken to a uh, neuroscientist I was, uh, I'm starting to work with, it's so hard to ever recreate the, <laughs> what's up? What yeah, look at Jacques with a fucking neuroscientist. Yeah, that's a, that's a oh. weird flex. Oh, shit. Oh my God. Well, I'll right. tell you, I'll tell you some of the stuff I've been doing for it as well. But I, I like, but she, she, she was talking about visualization, oh, for girl. example. Yeah, yeah, no, she and she works. She's worked with some like great people, great athletes as well. Cool. Um, but she was talking a little bit about visualization. She, all right, David. I'm uh, angels laughing. I'm just, yeah, I'm just laughing. smiling. Um, but she spoke about visualization. If you're an athlete doing a skill, if you visualize it, oh, I'm going to butcher exactly what she said, but she said the fact that you will make a neural connection in your mind about how you would do it gave you, it gave you a, a neurological preparation for the movement because you've already visualized yourself how you're doing it. Right. And where I was also going with that was if no matter how you practice something, and like you mentioned, if you want to keep both feet in bounds or whatever the drill you were trying to replicate in a game, let's say you're catching a ball, whatever it was, you're never going to be able to recreate the exact variables in the game, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't practice it. So there can be arguments both. I know there'll be people that say things on both sides of that, but I feel that it's, it's, and also some people also say there's some things you can't teach are just instinctual as well. So like, do you want to go down that route as well? It's just, it's all interesting stuff to be fair. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that if we're going into like base of support, that's one thing, but uh, probably just unstable surface training might be more uh, widely used in the physical therapy realm or should be widely used yeah. in the physical therapy. And realm. even and then, you know, I think it's, but it's that you've worked with the physical therapist more than yeah. I, think I would, I, I have. So, yeah, I mean, they use it. They use yeah. that stuff a lot, actually, depending on, yeah. it depends on the, the situation. Injury. Right. It depends on the injury, yeah. depends on whatever, but there has been more trans, uh, kind of like it trans, it transfers or it translates more for people who are trying to rehab because you have to rehab the tissue to uh, stabilize or grow or heal under unstable conditions um, to prevent the risk of injury when that happens again, because it will, because life is, you know, ever flowing and everything's always changing. Um, But changing gears, because I think we kind of are on the same page with that one. Uh, The last topic about core and uh, carries, what is it? Loaded carries and core training. Um, this was David's topic. So David, what did you have in mind when you, when you kind of like said that topic? Um, just like training your core, whatever that is also, cause I think I have, I have a definition of what the core is and some, you know, you guys might have a different one. I personally think the core would be from your torso to your butt. You know, when you want to, when you're thinking about, you know, strength training or, or working on stability. That's also, posterior and anteriorly. Yeah, like the entire midsection. Like if you look at your midsection, like a big trunk of a tree. Um, but it, it has to do with where I was going at with the topic is the difference between, let's say, crunches, and let's say a loaded carry. You know, like what what would be the function of either? And I think, from my perspective, when it comes to strength training and you know training for performance. I think the loaded carries have a little, a better, you know, carryover, I think, in terms of performance-based stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, it teaches you how to stay stable. It teaches you how to use the musculature around your torso to help you stabilize. Hmm. Yeah, I think that that's a fair statement. I also think, I would say that you do need to supplement with, like, crunches and stuff like that, but the meat and potatoes are going to be... Uh, your carries or your planks or your uh, anti-rotation, yeah. um, you know, things like that. I think that when everybody started training their core, doing crunches or bicycle kicks, like as 90% of the program and then doing planks for like 10% of the program, everybody was running into a wall with like back injuries and uh, slip discs and all that stuff. But now everybody's trying to move the other way because we've noticed that that is not necessarily how the core should be trained or that's not how you get abs, right? Which is a completely different topic, but the two kind of got it, got twisted somewhere in the marketing scheme. I guess people were just saying, this is how to get six pack abs and everybody was doing that. And then, yeah. you know, this is how you train your core. And then everybody was doing that take a couple of models a couple of movie stars they write an article in a magazine and then boom but it goes as you mentioned it i agree that um i don't want to agree with like the 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 carries are your bet the bigger bang for your buck where it's more transferable to you hiking to you carrying your groceries to you holding a baby to carrying your kids when you go it's more transferable to me 
almost every daily task where you have to load. And then the beauty of Even doing the benefits of it too, just hundred percent. And you, and we'll say that maybe one of the biggest benefits is posture benefits, right? Where if you're doing carries and you, one of the commonly asked questions, oh, oh I, I direct towards clients and then when they do their groceries, when they carry groceries, I ask them where they feel the pain of the aches. And the majority of them will point towards the front of their shoulder joint, right? Where, okay. And I'm, and I did this up until I was a trainer. I always felt it there. And I'm like, oh man, I'm feeling achy. So if we suggest uh, squeezing back your shoulder blades, making sure you're depressed, your shoulder blades as well, you should feel a cramping, say rhomboids, medial traps. And that's, that's the safer way to, to do carries. And you don't feel that tension here. And that by communicating that to clients or people we work with has, it changes the outlook on how to work your core, your trunk's ability. I posted something yesterday, actually. And one of the things I posted was, or the comments was, if you think crunches are the, are the best trunk's ability exercise. And uh, I referred to saying we won't go there or something, but that is my biggest worry when I, if someone has worked with me and we've gone through trunk stability exercises and on their own, again, I'm not going to say that crunches are the worst thing for you and you shouldn't do them, but I will always strongly advise for core exercises or trunk stability, which we prefer to call them in the world of training, where you have a neutral spine, where you're not rounding your spine. And I don't know who helped me understand this when I first started training, but we have so many exercises or so many movements in the day where we have so much spinal flexion that is maybe unwarranted and it's just part of daily life that takes its toll on us. So if we're in the gym in those moments or those hours in the day, if we can avoid any more flexion and we can encourage a tall neutral spine, tall neutral alignment, those are the ways to go. And as you mentioned, what's relevant or what's transferable, I think, and I don't shoot people down. I just ask them what the reason is. And the one, the one thing I will also add to this to close it off is the machine where you crunch. I, I don't have time for it. And if a client asks me which machine is best, this one or this one, I always say, do you want to know my honest truth? And said, yeah, I said, neither. Don't do either of them. And yeah, that's the I truth. I, I, I'll say, and I've some of them have come back. Yeah. You, I'm sure we've all had the experience and they've come back and found articles on, oh, you know what? I did find that in the 10 worst machines in the gym, this was number one. And I, I, I'm not trying to be a ball buster. I'm in very well invested in your health, long-term and short-term. And there's just what, and look, let's be honest. If you eat like trash, it doesn't matter how many reps you do on that thing. You're not going to see abs, period. So, yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. Word. <laughs> I, that's I just know. if you eat like shit what do you i thought we we're gonna go in another rant so i was like let me give nah, me he's about to come back <laughs> <laughs> no but I, I completely agree i think that um you know there are better ways to get you know core activation and uh, more more muscular activation in that uh what do you call it like the axial skeleton right yeah um and when you're looking at it from that perspective, when you look at it from like a kinesiological perspective, if that's a word, um, you start to understand how the body moves, why the body has that in place for it to move. Um, what is that joint action? What is the muscle actually doing during this movement? Then you start to become more aware of why you're doing a certain exercise and what exercises to do and what exercises mm -hmm. not to do. 
Um, loaded carries are probably by far one of the greatest exercises to do and uh, for the core and, you know, overall health. Um, Maybe they could that even was, be a good cardio exercise if you go far enough, heavy enough. Yeah, yeah. that was going to be whenever – I want to jump in after you what you're saying, Angel. Sorry. Yeah, so um, what was I going to say? Uh, because if you think about it from this perspective, like how – how much time do you spend sitting down, right? You can write a number. And then you can also say, how much time do you spend sitting down while in an upright position? And then we'll write another number, right? And then how much do you just like kind of chill wherever you are or like lean in for support, like whether it's like with armrest or the table in front of you or you're leaning back, right? And those questions start to, you know, you start to figure out, okay, maybe it isn't so easy just to be upright all the time. And then you say, okay, now we're going to be upright all the time. And now we're going to add load to that position, right? Where we have like the joints stacked on top of each other. Uh, you should be in a well-supported position if the muscles are going to um, support you through that position, right? But then you start to notice that they won't. Why? Because you're not training to be in that position and you're not living your life to be in that position. You're kind of li living your life to lean forward, to lean not to the side. Leading to the other side, even when you're picking up your kids or you're holding your groceries, you're going to be asymmetrical when you do that. Why? Because you're looking for a compensation because it's hard. It's actually difficult to keep the belly button underneath the chin, to keep the chest up, you know, to keep the chin tucked, uh, shoulders back, you know, arms pushed away from the midline. Like it's hard to do that. Um, and once people start to realize that, then, you know, everything starts to make more sense. But generally the people who don't want to do that stuff, uh, don't have the best posture and it kind of speaks for itself. It speaks for itself. And I've experienced moments where, where should I feel this? What should this be working? And you def it's like anything with exercise. Sometimes the progression just needs to be manipulated a little bit differently, a bit more even. And we'll say, for example, you do a set of kettlebell carries, suitcase carries, right? Where, uh, you pick them up as if you're picking up groceries. You walk from one end to the other, or you do 20 steps there, 20 steps back. There's definitely the possibility, and I've had the experience of someone asks, what should I be feeling this? This doesn't feel okay. So before you do the next setup, you're going to do, you're going to walk twice as slow as you did, or you're going to exaggerate how slow you walked, right? Some of those they be, cues. They be beaming sometimes, right? Some like of them, you they're give going, your clients, yeah, like they're trying to catch a subway or something. And they like, just fly. And then they're just back like, okay, what's next? It's like, done. nah, man, like, first of all, that was trash. Second of all, let's walk with purpose. Let's walk yeah. and just like slow that shit down because you can't give me half-assed reps and then run back to me, yeah, drop the weight in front of me and say that was easy. Exaggerate each, each foot landing and, and then also... Be an astronaut. Be <laughs> I made that up off the top. Damn, he went oh man <laughs> he cut it off <laughs> no no but i was gonna touch on that with i'm sure those who who if you're listening you don't agree with us it's fine and if you prefer crunches we're not knocking them down i'm sure and there are variations of crunches but the thing i will say with carries there are many variations of that as well where you can do dual do dual carries right where okay. you have oh two, like two? The fuck is two two there's oh. someone I can't remember who it was was oh, always programmed dual. Dual. Say that again. Dual. Uh oh. Dual. Here we are again. Dilemma. It sounds like it sounds like you're saying dual. 
like, like crown J- jewels. Yeah, it did, yeah, yeah. It did sound like jewel. So crown jewel carries. No. So jewel, jewel meaning two for our American listeners that can't understand my accent. You're welcome. Double. 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 Dos, double. Double or dos. Yeah. Dos. So anyway, if you have that style, you can have one that's lowered by side, one is right, one's above. There's a few ways, or exactly as David's showing us if you'll catch us on the YouTube. And on Instagram, um, we have some stuff on Instagram. On Instagram, yeah, we're trying to drop the content on Instagram, you're right. At um, the trainer feed. Yeah, I can see my athletic self doing things. David was dropping that squat. It was so hot. Oh, you that guys squat was watch pretty. That. I was even Yo, impressed. I was like, oh, that was shit. Higher. That range of motion. Like, I, got a, I got a comment from someone at work, and they were like, David, I saw that video of you trying to do the squats incorrectly, and it was hard for you to do it incorrectly. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you guys are like, Wait, a member said that? Like, what? A member said that? My, no, my buddy Justin. And so, and oh, I think he from work, like two other trainers. Anyway. Yeah, no, I, but anyway, I, 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 it's funny you said that I happen to do carries today. And the first thing you'll probably notice if it's too heavy, at least it was too heavy for me, my grip strength. My grip strength sucks. Yeah. And that was one of the reasons why I was doing them. Yeah. They're great for your, for your forearm strength, your rotator cuff, your lats, your, everything. It's, it's great. I, I often think, uh, there was a point where I was doing overhead carries and that's, that's probably the hardest variation of carry. You've got to usually feel that the range of motion and the mobility is it for you is there and you feel comfortable with it, but there's nothing quite like lifting a load over your head and being slow. And then you can add a very, you can have a variation to it. Why are you saying doing that face for angel? Nothing. A load over you. I think I heard you wrong, but that's okay. A load over your head and going slow. Uh, we got to get our buddy uh, <laughs> Colin on the podcast because Colin actually has a book coming out and he's been writing this for a while. I wanted to wait until he actually finished the book so he can kind of like... What's the book on that? Uh, it's about exercise and kind of like physiolo- uh, physiology and how certain exercises are... I mean, he'll tell you more about it. I don't want to like... I pull up an article called the 10 worst or the 10 useless machines at the gym. That's the one my client sent me, I believe. What was number one? The crunch machine? Number one, Smith machine. Oh, damn. We should have guessed that. We should have guessed that. Number two. Yo, these are hilarious. What's number two? Number two, leg extension. Mm. I'm not crazy about that one. Number three. I'm not crazy. (laughs) Number three says extremely light dumbbells. (laughs) <laughs> all right <laughs> what's the website what's the website it's called bestlifeonline.com all right that's probably why you know yeah, yeah but you know because everybody has their opinion but hey, uh, the ad crunch machine is number five colin was talking about how overhead presses are not necessarily something that we're we should be doing or training for um mm-hmm. because it's not something that humans have evolved to do yeah uh, well, right, and it places a lot of stress on the glenohumeral joint. Um, but I do want to get him on because I do want to talk about that, like overhead carries. Like, where does that fall, right? Because a carry is functional, but then it being overhead is that functional? And mm-hmm. you remember the debate that Antoine and Colin had way back in the day, I guess like 2016, 2017. Um, oh, I remember about, this. Uh, how to drive, like, how to properly. So they were talking about Neanderthals or like. Ancient. Primitive movement, yeah. Primitive movement. And how would a human being try, not a human being, like a whatever, but homo sapien, but like how would a primitive 
version of ourselves carry weight? Would they drag it in a sled or would they, uh, was it carry, carry it on their it? shoulders? Yeah. I think that's what it was. I think it was the debate was carry it on their shoulders or carry it on a sled. Who would be faster? Is that what it was? Yeah, I think that's, that's a hard what argument to make. Depending on when in history it happened, they don't know what a fucking sled is. Right. And also we started talking about um, like when and where we could test it because they started saying, oh, I'll bet like a thousand dollars that it would be this. And I'm like, no, nah, I'll bet a hundred dollars. And they go back and forth in the trainer lounge. And then when COVID hit, I kind of thought I was walking in Central Park and I was like, damn, this would be the best time to figure that out, right? Like just actually go the seven miles of Central Park and just one's got a sled and then one's got, you know, but weight I in, think, a, in a bag. Yeah. How much weight right. was it they were asking? It depends, right? I guess, yeah, I guess the, the fact of the matter is it depends, right? Because um, I think if you're, like, if you're carrying a carcass of a dead animal, I assume you're going to put it over your shoulder like a fireman's carry. But if you're just picking up a stone, I'm sure you're going to hold it like this. Yeah, it depends on the shape of the object, in fairness. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, and the weight. Yeah. Um, so, but that was the debate, and we were talking about, like, functional movement and primitive movement. And Hey, you look at Atlas. He's got something over his head. So, I mean. That is true. But, and then also, like, when you think about sleds, like, there's also friction, right? Mm-hmm. You are yeah. using your kind of like you're using your body leaning forward and propelling the weight forward. But then also at the same time, every foot that you go is going to be friction on that weight. And that's going to slow you down um, in theory. Right. Speaking of that, I got my wagon for my weights later. Oh, nice. I live on a hill. I got to go down. You live on a hill. And then oh, I you got to go downhill. Yeah. First to go to the jet, to go to the park and then to come back up. I got to. That's scary. You just sit on the way down and hope it stops. Dude, before it, the it light. looked bigger than your wagon, but I think when I th- th- looked at it, look, it, I think it's the same size. It's pretty big. You got mini. Yeah, they have. Size. They have. Um, they have. You know, I like the wagons with bigger wheels. I think that my wagon. I mean, I got it just you know, to drag weights from point A to point B. Um, and I didn't but really think too much about like the size of my head. Yeah, that you need you. But that's what you need. That's the key. Huge. The key is like really good wheels. Because, Huge. Yeah, you need that. You need big wheels because that's going huge. to help you get through huge. the city and go from point A to point B without fucking your wheels huh. up. Because as, as soon as those wheels go out, you're done. I could take. I can even take more weights too. I could take two sixteens and a twenty four, and even more. You know, it's it's. What's the? How much does it go up to? What's the capacity? I, I don't remember. I, I throw <laughs> Find out before manual. you load it up. Yeah, because I think mine is like sixty eight, and it's literally like sixty eight. Period. Sixty eight right? like, pounds. No, sixty eight kilos. Oh, that's what, 120-something? Yeah, that's probably mine. I think mine said, like, 130. Yeah, because if it, if you go, like, mine is, like, to the T. Like, I guess they tested it. They put some crash test dummies in the shit. I don't know. But 68 kilos, you go, like, a little bit over. I started walking out the door. I was like, you know what? I can do this. By the time I got to the elevator, I hear, that's not good. Or the tires, like, are leaning out or leaning forward. Like, like this. Man. Yeah, that's that's my experience with this the shopping cart. I went to do it Clinton Park, which is uh, what three avenues and two blocks up. And I really was like, oh, it was a twenty-eight and a twenty, and I thought it'd be fine. And I haven't used it since. That was one day. I think the one I have is. I'm looking. This is the right. Yeah, I gotta get a. I gotta get a better car. I gotta get like a little gorilla. Here it car. is. I got the heavy duty one. That's why. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, it says. Um, yeah, it's it says something along the lines of like. 
Uh, fuck, where is it? Probably like 70 kilos, maybe 100 kilos. Convenient. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Weighs. Okay, no. Nope, nope, nope. No, oh, not. it says heavy duty frame allows loads up to 150. 150 pounds? Kilos. Yeah. Probably pounds. Pounds. It says pounds. Mm. So, sense. yeah, roughly 68, 70 kilos then. Yeah, I like how on those wagons they always say, don't put your kids in it. <laughs> there was something I bought the other day that was like said something. Listen, if you're ridiculous. Hispanic, you're going in those fucking things. Oh, I bought like a little mix for like cakes because mm-hmm. um, I'm making some cornbread for Thanksgiving. Um, oh, hook me up. I'll pay you, bro. I, I could make. Well, I got to look at the ingredients I have. I'm, I got to go shopping for some more if you want a batch. But I, I did make some and it was pretty good. Um, but I was looking at uh, one of these cakes or whatever that they had on the counter. Uh, it was like a pre-mixed powder. And on the instructions, it was like one of the first instructions was like, uh, make sure you clean, you use a clean pan or use a clean and safe pan or something like that. I was like, why would you use a dirty pan? But that's like the first instruction. Like the first piece is like, make sure the pan that you use is clean. And I was like, no shit. I like <laughs> like what else are we gonna say? Start using like clean forks and knives and stuff like that. It was just weird. But anyway, weird instructions. Funny. All right. Anyway. Well, well, let's wrap this up because um, we had a good kind of like run. But now we're gonna go into a show hole where we start talking about nonsense. So before we go into the show hole, let's uh, wrap it up. Any guys? What are you guys doing this weekend? Uh, not much. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get something interesting, but no, I just errands. Weekends are really my errands, my time to recharge and Wars uh, try and watch. Sun- I try and watch as much NFL on Sundays as possible. That's it. As crazy as this war- this year has been, and as stubborn as the NFL is with getting their own way, it's a sense of normalcy that's helping at least me have some sense of normal life that we would have had if it wasn't for the for the pandemic so how about you guys i'm working that's it birthdays uh, i have one i have two clients on saturday tomorrow and then i have three on sunday or in the club yeah nice um careful where that uh n95 she's about to get rough yeah well these emails coming through and set and you know make sure your clients are ready for virtual man like this is why they're talking about virtual this virtual that like make sure everybody and i don't want to hear it david i'm telling you this is how it's (laughs) gonna happen it's gonna hit she's gonna close it might be for the next two months might be for the next three months we got a little big picture right because the holidays are gonna keep going around those numbers are gonna go up I want everybody to eat i want everybody to be good the start of uh, strength by bravo inc Whatever you got to do, baby, let's you see just got to get it done, man. I'm, I'm telling you. Everybody, let's hold it down. We're all in this together. Sure. Um, have a great weekend, <laughs> and we'll regroup next time. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.